Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. With the Met Aaron telling us that the temperatures are returning to normal for this time of year for the rest of the week. And I suppose we can be thankful that while we did get some very warm weather, we didn't get anything like the heat wave that has crossed Europe and indeed our neighbours across the water in uh, Britain. And a lot of the newspapers today picking up on the hundreds of firefighters who spent yesterday evening tackling fires across London on a day when around 30 British locations shattered previous high temperature records going past the 40 degrees Celsius mark for the first time. It was Heathrow early yesterday who announced a record high of 40.2 degrees but, and that then set a, a new record but that was short li- lived when in Lincolnshire they had the highest recorded temperature in Britain yesterday at 40.3 degrees uh, Celsius. Now here at home we didn't completely get away without incidents because firefighters were grappling throughout the night to control wildfires in Wicklow crone at woods and of course Europe still remains in this vice-like grip of heat there seems to be little or no respite in France, Spain, Portugal and in uh, Italy so uh, did we ever think we would be thankful that we're hearing we have normal temperatures for this time of year John Paul taking your calls this morning at 0818 103 103 and texts and uh, whatsapps a lot of them already coming in on 0862 103 103 and I'm not surprised to see that the bulk of the texts and the calls and the social media commentary is to do with the news that broke just towards the end of the programme yesterday and that is that the and let's call it out the majority state owned bank AIB is terminating cash services at 70 of its 170 branches around the country and it has been met with shock and with a lot of anger, particularly in rural Ireland under this new regime announced yesterday, AIB will remove all of their cash machines from the 70 branches and they will no longer provide safety deposit boxes. They won't be providing night safes and they won't be providing check lodgements. And obviously that's going to have a huge impact on businesses in any of those towns. And the move will leave some customers more than an hour's drive away from 
from their nearest cash service uh, branch. Uh, for example, if for customers in Clifton, in County Galway, they have been advised that when their branch goes cashless, their nearest branch will be in Westport. They'll have to go across the county bounds because, of course, Westport is in County Mayor. That is 60 kilometres away. So it'll be a 120 kilometre round trip for somebody in Clifton. Can you imagine a business in Clifton who needs to get maybe get change or who needs to lodge money or who needs to, get, you know, get to a night safe at the end of the day to put their cash away uh, securely. Now it's happening in two two phases two phases and it's coming in quite quickly 30th of September are going to be the first of the banks where cash will be withdrawn here in Cork in September it is going to be Bishopstown, Carrigaline, Glanmire and the Western Road in Cork. They will all go cashless on the 30th of September and then on the 21st of October the rest making up the 70 in total but for us here in Cork from the 21st of October it'll be Castletown Bear, Cove uh, Dunmanway, Cantor, Kinsale, Mill Street Mitchellstown and also in uh, Yall and a lot of business owners around the country are being you know quoted in the papers uh, today I mean there was one guy from uh, Clifton a gentleman by the name of Johnson Powell who owns a bike shop you know he was describing it yesterday as a shocking blow uh, to the community and he said look it's crazy it doesn't make sense and he pointed out that Clifton is a busy little town they've got around 80 businesses and many of the businesses bank in cash and also obviously they use the bank because they need to get coinage throughout the day and he points out that we're not a cashless society and that everybody uses the bank and then he went on as a lot of people are pointing out what about elderly members of the community who don't know any anything about digital banking what are they expected to do and of course in a statement uh, yesterday AIB said that with digital usage soaring the cost of providing cash services has simply become increasingly unsustainable AIB announced an expansion of its relationship with OnPost now that will allow customers to access more cash and check services and of course OnPost has 920 post offices so there is trying to see some good news out of this bad news story it's certainly some good news for our the OnPost um, network and for our post offices. The OnPost um, deal will allow AIB customers to withdraw up to €1,500 per day from their current account or they can lodge up to €5,000 per week in cash. Businesses can also lodge up to €50,000, but that's got to be done by prior arrangement with the post office and all customers will be able to lodge euro cheques for into their current accounts as well. But some business owners are pointing out, while yes, it might be good news for the local uh, post o- offices, many local post offices, particularly those in rural areas, are tiny. And they, they, and in most of those post, post offices, at the very most, there'll be two people working in those post offices who are already dealing with pensions and stamps and parcels and all the other work that goes on in a, in a post office. Will they be able to deal with all of this additional work? And some people are pointing out that, you know, on a Thursday or Friday when people are going along to pick up social welfare payments, there's often queues out the door in a post office. And if you're suddenly going to be adding business customers to that, 
what is it going to be like? It certainly is going to push put the staff at post offices under a lot of pressure. Let me give you some of the commentary coming into the programme and some coming in through our social media accounts. Carol says, I think it's disgraceful what AIB have announced. It means we're going backwards. It's another blow uh, to people who live in rural areas. Dylan said, that's the way forward. Unfortunately, cut down on staff, lose the confidence and trust of your customers and make life more difficult, especially for older people. Loyalty is no more in this country. Greed and lack of support appears to be the new world. Danny is out on the Beira Peninsula. He said this is another huge blow for the Beira Peninsula and shameful what they are trying to do to the people who put their shoulder to the wheel and bailed out the banking sector when the IMF arrived into this country. People are still paying the pension levy. People are still paying USE charge every week when we were told that they were only temporary measures to save the country and to save our banking sector. Wrong today, wrong tomorrow and will still be wrong until we all stand up and say stop. Angela says the banks say demand has declined. Of course, the demand has declined. The banks forced everything online. Uh, Denise said refusing, they're they're going to reduce services. But I wonder, she says, will they reduce the banking charges? Yeah, good luck with that one, uh, Denise. And uh, Donna is pointing out that if you're living on the Bear Peninsula with the Castletown Bear Branch closing, do people realise that people now will either have to travel to Kenmare or to Bantry to find their nearest AIB bank? And Mairead, when she was messaging us, says, I'm just on the phone now to AIB inquiring about whether we can now lodge cash into our business account or will I be asked to drive the 30 minutes to the nearest town with an AIB branch to a lodge it? Yeah, I don't know what town you're messaging us from, but that is exactly is what it is looking like. And then some of your WhatsApps in on this. Michael, who lives in Castletown Bear, says, Patricia, the AIB cashless bank system, the up- upshot of all of this is that they are clearly telling certain customers you're simply not wanted here. SMEs who rely on coins and cash for bars, restaurants, coffee shops, grocery shops, pubs, late night bars, etc. And many other businesses, it looks like they don't want their trade. The over 65s, because they have cash on deposit. They don't want that. Uh, why? Because they don't pay bank fees. So they are simply a loss to them. They can't sell them a new visa card, a mortgage or a big insurance or a loan, etc. People over the age of 65 are not wanted in the branches anymore because they are actually costing the bank money in looking after them. A very high percentage of them are not in the digital age and never will be. So the banks promise to help or assist them. That is not on because of the risk of fear, fraud and abuse when people share their private information with other people. Many of the nearest cash branches will be 40 plus miles away from customers. Patricia, after all, it was we it is we who own most of AIB. Yeah, that's what I mentioned. It is a majority state-owned bank. As regards Castletown Bear, out on the Bear Peninsula, it is the only bank AIB now have decided that it's going to go cashless. It's absolutely a devastating blow for people of all ages here.
Thank you for that, Michael. And this is in from Councillor Declan Hurley, who's in Dunmanway. Dunmanway, of course, another town that is affected. Morning, Patricia. The temperatures may be cooling off around the country, but the temperature in the town of Dunmanway soaring following the news yesterday that RAIB Bank is going cash-free in October. I'm very annoyed that AIB have chosen to introduce a cash-free counter policy. As such a move will have a serious negative impact on local businesses in the town as they still deal in coins on a daily basis. This is a slap in the face to rural communities who rely on local branches for banking services. The withdrawal of this vital service will impact greatly on those who don't have internet access are a poor quality service whose only option now is to travel long distances to their nearest bank branch. The community in Dunmanway is fuming at this decision and Declan says I'm calling on AIB to seriously reconsider introducing such an unfriendly method of banking and show loyalty to our town who have supported them over the decades and as I say Councillor Declan Hurley in Dunmanway and Declan is right and I think a number of people are picking up on that. There just seems to be no loyalty. What about the people who built all of those banks and supported all of those banks over the years and just one final one from Troy says Patricia this is on the AIB bank going cashless in Dunmanway we bailed them out when they needed it now it's like they're giving two fingers to us the customers in Dunmanway we uh, will have no bank bank uh, cash machines uh, only the ones that are available in supermarkets in town. If you need to take out cash after 10pm, you simply won't be able to do it. If you need to go to Southstock or maybe the late night chemist after 10pm, you will not have access to cash. Crazy, absolutely crazy that this has been allowed to happen. Thanking you. And that's from Troy. And that's just a sample. As I say, so many very angry and upset people with that news from AIB. Huge amount of commentary coming in on this decision by AIB to turn 70 of its branches cashless, including 12 here in uh, Cork. Uh, one texter, John, says, Patricia, AIB should look at cutting the salaries of the head personnel and their board members instead of cutting off customers' access to their own hard-earned cash. I think the ATM at Canturk branch is to be removed. Yes, that's one of the ones to be removed, um, John. This is... Um uh, and yet, if you stand outside that AI, the ATM at that branch in Cantorque, you'll see queues proving that it is very popular and it is being, is being used. This is a cruel strike by AIB and I feel it is nothing short of greed. Signed, John, a cranky AIB bank holder. Um, thanks for that, John. Let me go to the phone lines where um, Anne-Marie joins me, Anne-Marie Cronin. Um, good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Patricia. Now, How are you? I'm very well. You're in Castletown Bear. You have a photo- you have a photography studio in Castletown Bear. So you're one of the business communities affected by this uh, decision. Uh, how did you feel when you heard the news yesterday? Patricia, do you know what? If it was April Fool's Day, I thought it was a, a, a joke, to be honest with you. Um, a bank with no cash. Like, we bailed out these banks, Patricia, we have a share in these banks. If it wasn't for our hard-earned money, there wouldn't be a bank. Um, and to get to be told yesterday that they're going to dictate to you how you spend your money, be it card or cash. But if you're in Castletown Bear or if you're in the Bear Peninsula, 
and this happens, you actually can't get cash. So therefore, your legal ability to use cash is taken from you. That's a, that's a really good point. That's a really good point because it is the own. It's the last bank standing in Castletown Bear, isn't it? Yes, there's a, um, Bank of Ireland are, are, are gone years ago, um, many many years ago, and um, AIB is the only cash is the only bank in cash. And may I just say, the staff in AIB, I assume, were equally as shocked with this decision yesterday. It's nothing to do. I mean, I put up a post on Facebook last night. It was so crass, and. The reaction was absolutely unbelievable. But I'm sure the staff in AIB, I feel sorry for them because they're going to be dealing with this this morning, dealing with this fallout this morning and yesterday. And like they're powerless. They, they, they're not making the decisions and it's nothing to do with them. So my heart goes out to them today because they're going to be first line of getting people's anger and, and, and frustrations this morning. So it's nothing to do with staff in Castletown Bear. It, it, it's the big week, the suit. Yeah, because I saw, I was reading on, on the papers from around the country. I mean, everywhere where this decision has been made, there is such shock, particularly in the rural towns where it is the only bank uh, forcing people then to have to travel long distances to get to a bank. And a number of people were saying that. I saw one gentleman say, you know, he went straight into his local branch and he said that the staff in the bank were totally in shock and that they basically got notified yesterday morning from headquarters and at that stage the you know the the media the the releases have been put out to the media and literally the first that the staff heard about it was as the news was breaking to everybody else which seems very very unfair and not a way to treat your staff look look AIB uh, from what i can see Patricia look AIB the, the government they don't care about rural Ireland. We, we, we're an inconvenience as far as I can see. Fishing, they're trying to do away with. They're trying to do away with farming. They're trying to do away with small businesses. This is just another nail on, on look, ambulance services, South Dock services. The Barra Peninsula is a joke. Like the, the, the rural Ireland is a joke. You can't get ambulances if anyone wants them. You can't get cash now. Like, what's next? Do they just want us all to move to the city on block? Yeah, and then the cities wouldn't be able to cope if, if we if we all bailed and said, OK, let's turn off the lights in rural Ireland and we'll all move to the city. Let's see how the cities wouldn't be able to cope. They can't. The cities can't cope as it is. With, well, my, like uh, the daughter in, in, in Cork looking for um, housing accommodation yeah, yeah, and yeah, can't be got. Yeah, yeah. So for you... Uh, the, the bank Castletown Bear is is it is it September or October? October. October. October, October. Okay, so where's your nearest AIB branch? Apparently, we're told Bantry because uh, we've also been told Kinmare is going cashless. So Kinmare is not an option for people for those who think it is. Apparently, Kinmare is also going cashless. So Bantry is our nearest bank from Castletown Bear. That's about. 50.6 kilometres, I'm told by Google to, 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 to thing. And from Allahees to be about 69 from Dorsey to be another maybe 8 or 10 onto that. Can you imagine this time next year in the height of the summer season with tourists? Madness. Absolutely madness. I have a, a catering trailer as that, that goes to festivals. Um, and we went out there the weekend with a sum-up machine. I had no reception. No internet, no nothing out in Iris for the weekend. So I couldn't use a card machine. You had to use cash? Yes. 
So therefore, people needed to either have cash on them or needed to get to a cash machine if they wanted to purchase it. I needed cash to go out there. I needed coins to go out there. Yeah. So I'm supposed to drive to Bantry with the price of petrol yeah, and diesel yeah. at the moment. It's, it's, it's madness. I was, I was in Clonakilty over the weekend and I was in a bar that didn't have didn't have the had a machine they were only dealing uh, with cash uh, as well and I keep quoting what happened in Glastonbury the big festival this year over in England they had all the card machines and then for some reason there was a glitch in the system in the middle of the festival one night and they, all the machines went down and suddenly there was a big scramble for people looking for cash so I mean so like we will never be a totally cashless society even if the banks want us to be cashless it's never going to happen but Patricia, if you're in Castletown Bayer and you land down as a tourist with that you've you've hiked or got a bus or something to Castletown Bayer and going to Bantry into an auction and you have no cash on you and you've no ability to get cash, I don't know. There's a cash machine in Super Value in Castletown Bayer here and Sintra. I don't know how they feel this morning about if they're not getting cash in, how are they going to stock these? I don't know how it works. Maybe maybe Chris Chris Downey would, would enlighten us how it's going to work from his side or how he feels about it. Because they're going to have to keep those machines well stocked with cash. Well, where are they going to get the cash if cash is not coming in? Yeah, that's, that, that is a good point. And then they close at a certain time. Yes. And then fair play. OK, look, the post office is an option for people. But like you, I heard earlier on somebody saying, if you go to the post office on a Friday, there's a queue. If you go to the bank, they say the bank isn't being used. There's a queue in the bank. And again, the post office closes. It does. You know, it's not open on a Sunday. And do they have the facilities to, well, they have facilities to store the cash, the safes, the, 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 the security they need to store this kind of money? The banks are. Like, let's face it. The banks are a financial institution. They're legal. Cash is still legal tender. And if they're taking the ability to access, maybe some legal buff could, could answer this question. Surely be to God there's a legal standing here that we can access our cash. Or, or cash. Not the bank's cash. Or cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really good point. And here, I, I can see, that, I mean, this is a heartbreaking one. Somebody has just texted in saying, being visually impaired, um, I will struggle big time and feel that my independence has been taken away from me if I don't have the facility to get cash. You know, I mean, there there was there'll always be very vulnerable people. A number of people are, are citing older people who never be able to go digital and, and do everything online and then a couple of others are saying um, it, it, isn't it interesting that this announcement has been made when the doll has gone into recess and is that you know there's it can't even get discussed in the doll did they hold back on this decision until they knew that the doll was on holidays Listen to me Trish do you know what unless people are going to stand up for rural Ireland nobody else is doing it for us I mean you know we had to do you remember going back a couple of years and I was on your programme about the ambulance service in Castletown Bear when they wanted to take it from the Bear? I do, I do. And the massive fight underway by the good people yeah. of Castletown Bear. Yeah, and I think if that's what it takes, again, that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to, supposing in the morning that every single person in Ireland decides, let's rock up at the bank and draw out our money. What would happen? There'd be no money in the bank and the bank wouldn't exist. The bank exists because of customers. 100%. Yeah. But they, the, the banks treat customers like they're an inconvenience. 
Yeah, they're saying that provide. I, I, I mean, I, you're, you're right. Your your first point about it sounds it sounds like an April Fool's Day joke, a bank without cash. And their statement yesterday said the cost of providing cash services has become increasingly unsustainable. That's what a bank does. It provides cash services, amongst I'm other sure things. But I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of businesses with the cost of inflation at the moment saying the cost of doing business is prohibitive. <laughs> but it, uh, we all have to open our doors because there's nobody going to bail a business out. That's it. it. That's it. And all of the 70 branches, that this made me smile, will remain open. They will be repurposed to focus on selling financial products and opening new accounts. They're basically a sales office. That's what they're going to become, a sales oh, yeah, office. And another thing, Trish, like you can lodge, is it five? Hang on now till I just look here. Is it 5,000? Per um, week. Personal, per 5, week. 5,000 a week. And in, the business 50. But, but so, the 50 is by prior arrangement with the post office. They can't have everybody rocking up with 50,000. But hold on now, Trish. So where do you store this cash in the meantime until you have that kind of cash to go to the bank or post yeah, office? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even I want mean, to think about that. So, like, if a business needs 50,000, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be having 50,000 in photography sales to go to a bank every week. So where do I keep that cash in the meantime? Well, I think it's up to 50,000 if you have a couple oh, of thousand. Yeah, it's up sorry, to, that's, the, that's, the, yeah, that's the, the maximum. Somebody says, did AIB reveal this news when the Dáil and TDs are on the break, on their break, so there will be less furrow from the TDs? Uh, yeah, a lot of people are suspicious of that. And a West Coast listener is making a good point. If you lodge a cheque into the post office, it takes five working days to clear, whereas when you lodge in a bank, it only takes three working days to clear. That's going to be a problem for a number of people who will be depending on money from the uh, cheque. Okay. Listen, but I can thing, Trish, huge at, anger at, out there. At the moment, if you go down to the bank, all this is done by machine anyway. You know, people behind the counter don't deal with money anymore. It's all, okay, they'll help. Don't get me wrong. They will help and they're very helpful to people who are stuck below if you go in. And, you, and we've all done it, gone in rushing and pressed the wrong button or pressed the thing or whatever. But like, these are machines. Why could they not leave the ATM there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, the absolutely. That was the first thing when I, when I saw that. But because they want to get the cash completely out of the office, they're saying they'd have to have somebody putting the cash into the machine. I I can't understand that either. It just at least leave the ATM because a lot of the banks, as you say, when you go into a bank now, you don't deal with people. You just deal with the machines. But to, to be taking the machines away, it's really making no sense to me. Okay, I listen, listen. I'm going to have to leave it a couple of years ago. Trish, yeah. and you could. You know, you use your your card to get into a locked area. Yeah. The door opened, and all your the machines were inside. There was machines lined up inside in an area that you could access twenty four seven in America. Like, why can't AIB provide? No, having said that, the AIB bank here in Castletown Bear every bank holiday weekend is out of money. Yeah, but I worry about the few ATM machines that are left. If you take that one out of the picture, how in God's name in the middle of the height of the summer season are, are any businesses going to keep enough money You're going in to those machines? Going into businesses for cash back, which is yeah, 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 they're not going yeah. to be getting the money in to give out. Yeah, and I just worry that businesses will will lose business because somebody's going to come in and say, "Well, I don't have cash, or I I don't have a card, or you know." It's just yeah, I can see a lot a lot of problems, but the bigger worry it would be people storing cash at home or businesses being forced to store cash and you don't even want to go down what that could create into the future. Listen, Emery, I'll leave it there. Thank you for that. And thank uh, you, thanks. Uh, Let's hope we'll, 
we, we hear a lot uh, enough of people shouting from rural Ireland and it's 100%. all over the country it's not just here in Cork 100%. thanks Anne-Marie have a good Thank day you. have bye. a good day bye bye Anne-Marie uh, Cronin there who's got a photography business in Castletown Bear but I think speaking on behalf of the many many business owners who are so desperately frustrated with this news and the way the news broke yesterday nobody absolutely nobody saw it coming 0818 103 103 John Paul's taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. Let's stay with this news of AIB turning 70 of its branches, including 12 here in Cork, into cashless outlets and leaving some areas with with their nearest bank being. In some cases, it can be up to an hour's drive away if they want to uh, continue banking with AIB. John in Formoy says cash free society is on the way for sure. But what the banks are doing, they're asking people to do everything online. Everybody over 65, they make no money out of them. They just humour people over the age of 65 until they die off. But he says if the likes of any supermarket stop selling bread, eggs, milk, whatever, because they weren't making any profit out of it, what would happen then? That's what the banks are doing. They're cutting people off. Brendan is in Canturk, which is one of the towns that's going to lose its branch. It says uh, people are texting about the queue that's always at the AIB branch branch in uh, Canturk. This is at the ATM machine. The reason for it, says Brendan, it's the slowest ATM in the country. Now, according to Brendan, it was due for an upgrade. That upgrade was due to happen last year. But he said he has been on to AIB uh, and that they... And they know why. And now, says Brendan, I know why they've left the ATM and didn't do the upgrade. They knew all along that they were going to be removing it. And Brendan says also every screen and every TV monitor is left on in all of the AIB banks 24-7. Where is the sustainability in all of that? They signed up for a sustainability programme, but that doesn't seem to be working. What Will any government TD come on air and explain this decision? Marion says, why don't we need to stop as people we need to stop talking and we need to start doing people need to get a grip either protest or move banks from AIB something needs to be done and Marion points out that a friend of hers regularly gets sterling checks and she pays them into AIB and she's going to be affected by this decision she's going to I don't know where Marion is calling from she's going to have to get to her nearest AIB if she's going to want to lodge a a sterling check let me go back to the phone lines where Councillor Sean O'Donovan uh, joins me. Sean is a councillor in the Bandon Kinsale Municipal uh, District. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Sean, unfortunately, Kinsale is one of the AIB branches mentioned. And actually, when I heard that Kinsale was mentioned, I thought, wow, that's such a busy little town. Is it the is that the only bank in Kinsale? Um, it's not, Patricia. Uh, bank of Ireland is also there. Oh, do they have a Bank of Ireland? Well, at least they have another bank. Uh, but how is the, the news going down in Kinsale? Not very well at all. Um, it, it's, of course, it's very difficult, especially for the elderly people. Um, some people don't have a car. so if And there's no direct bus route to Bandon, we'll say, which is the nearest AIB branch. So um, I actually had a woman answer me this morning from Kinsale and... And uh, she said, like, she'd have to get a taxi to abandon whatever oh. she needs to do her business, you know. Um, very upset over it. 
which which isn't good enough really for the elderly people, um, and and for business people as well, like people using the bank to get coins for their business and notes and stuff. Um, it just means they'll have to uh, change banks, open a new account to Bank of Ireland, go through all that. Um, and that's yeah, and, I, and I know at the moment we're trying to encourage people with Ulster Bank and KBC to make sure that they uh, switch over. It isn't the easiest thing. It isn't like changing provider for your electricity or your phone. You know, it isn't the easiest thing to do. It's not. No, no. You have to have copies of bills and proof of address and all that, you know, photo ID and all that. And I suppose some people do have them, but more people don't, you know. So it's just a difficult process. A number of people are pointing out that the timing of this decision, the doll goes into recess last week and within a couple of days this decision has been made. Would you be suspicious that they deliberately held off so that it can't get discussed in the doll? Um, I, I don't know, Patricia. Like I suppose when, when the, TSB, or the, the TSB in Bandon and, and other towns decided the very same thing, that they were going no counter-service a while back. The Doyle was sitting at the time and it was discussed and, you know, they had, they just made a decision, ploughed on with it and there was no turning back, you know. But this is a majority state-owned bank, AID. It, you know, it as, is. as people it are is saying, indeed. we bailed out this bank. We did, absolutely. Um, and I just think it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's just not good enough. It's, the service should be provided for people who are account holders there and they're not doing that and they just don't seem to care. Like, I mean, we've all been into banks over the last number of years and you're directed over to a machine, or oh, please use this, whatever. They've just been giving away their jobs, basically. I know their staff were being told what to do, but that's, that's what they were doing, giving away their jobs, directing their customers to machines, and that's what they want to do. Yeah, they've been pushing for it for, for, for quite uh, some time. And definitely the, the management and whoever makes this decision at AIB, they want us all to go digital. And, you know, I get slightly annoyed when I hear them say, oh, well, you know, digital use is, is soaring. It's soaring because you've pushed us to go digital. Absolutely. You have no other choice. And it's the same if you go into some of the supermarkets now. It's, it's self-service as well. It's getting rid of the person at the tip. It's the very same thing um, technology is taking over from people, you know. Yeah, and can I just say, because I know and I do feel for all the staff in all of those 70 branches around the country because I can imagine the queue of angry people and angry customers heading in there today. I mean, from by all accounts, the staff at all the branches only found out yesterday. Apparently so. Apparently so, yeah. Um, you feel definitely feel sorry for them as well. Um, and people are very cross this morning and they will probably take it out on some of the staff, you know, so you have to feel sorry for them there. But um, it's, the management has made the decision and it's, that's where the anger should be pointed, really, not yeah, the staff yeah. in the bank. Would you worry also, Sean, about our post office network? If we're, and, and I know we're trying to encourage people to use post offices more, so it kind of seems ironic that I'm even, uh, that I'm even putting this uh, forward. But some of our smaller post offices, would you worry that they mightn't be able to cope with the demand? Quite possible, because um, some of the post offices are very small branches. Um, I, I suppose it, it's welcome news, I suppose, for them in one way, that extra business will be um, coming in their door. But, um, yeah, certainly it'll put some of them under pressure as well, you know, especially the smaller branches. And the smaller rural areas that this is, that AIB is the last bank standing, so they've no other bank, so people have no other choice but to go to the small post office, where at maximum there's two people working. That's it. I, I presume they have to look at increasing 
their staff maybe are are looking at new premises possibly if it's if they're going to be that overrun with, with customers, you know. Yeah. But um I suppose down the line, Patricia, we can see like the customer in as I said in supermarkets is being driven to um automated machines. The toll booth that you go through, you know, it's a basket there, you throw your money in, there's no person there anymore. So it's it's kind of happening in society in general, you know, but I just really feel for the, the pensioners and stuff that will have a nightmare going through opening new accounts and new banks and stuff. Yeah, you know? it's tough. I mean, as, as somebody has, has contacted us who's visually impaired and uh, they feel their independence is going to be taken away from them. They, they deal in cash. They go into the bank. They deal in cash. And, you know, obviously a visually impaired person can't get into a car. It'll be the same as the lady you're talking about. will have to get a taxi. And the expense involved in that to go to the nearest uh, town, it's just... It's, it's dreadful. And actually, and um, I should have mentioned this as well, don't forget your local friendly credit union. People are saying credit unions are great as well if people want to transfer over to a credit union instead. All right. OK, listen, Sean, uh, thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us uh, on You're the programme this morning. That is uh, Councillor Sean O'Donovan, who is Councillor in the Band of Kinsale Municipal District with Kinsale, one of the towns mentioned. Let me take a look. There's so many texts uh, coming in. Uh, what are the government going to do about this uh, what AIB have announced says Ross uh, will they do absolutely nothing well they're on holidays at the moment but I imagine every single doll TD in any of the areas of the 70 branches that are going cashless I think everyone's going to be hearing about it today and says thank God for the credit union and for the post office yeah I think for the post offices it's great I'm worried will the post offices be able to cope uh, John in Carrigaline says Patricia here all the people giving out about the cashless banks we bailed the banks out and now this is our thanks why don't the people hit the streets we need to start protesting we need to start boycotting the banks the banks are running the country and the government appear to be in their pockets. It is not uh, good enough, says uh, John. Uh, Patricia, Dunmanway will be a town without a public ATM service. People will be travelling to the next nearest town for bank services. And guess what? While they're there, they'll probably end up doing their shopping as well. That ultimately will take away more business from the town of Dunmanway. Such an utter disgrace in 2020. Two, and that's from an Enniskeen uh, listener. Morning, Patricia says, uh, Pat, democracy appears to be dead and dictatorship is alive and uh, thriving. God help the country from the from these uh, people. OK, and that's just a small, small sample of a huge, huge number of texts, WhatsApps and calls that we are getting in on this issue. 0818 103 103. The phone lines, by the way, have been busy with uh, John Paul, so please uh, bear with them. You can text though or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Every now and again, we will get an issue whereby the phone lines will almost explode, as will the text and the WhatsApp. And certainly this morning, I can't remember the last time that we had an issue that has got so many people annoyed and shocked and very frustrated. And this is with the AIB deciding to go cashless in 70 of their branches. And I think the point looking down through and during the news there, I was trying my best to read as many of the texts and comments 
calls coming in. I think it's the areas where the rural areas where it is the only bank that is going cashless. I think it's the one that's causing the most pain uh, for, for people because suddenly business owners are starting to think, goodness me, how it's going to affect them. And individuals are starting to realise how is it going to affect them, that it isn't as easy as, say, a supermarket closing. I sure I'll just go to the supermarket that was down the road from it. People don't have choice anymore. And I think that's what's causing a lot of frustration. Just to give you some of the calls coming in, Catherine says, I was in my local bank a few years ago and I was offered one of the automated machines and I said to the teller if I start using this machine all the time is that not going to cause your job to go into the future and she said the, the teller at the time looked almost shocked as if she hadn't thought about it that uh, way uh, and it is exactly the way it's going now at the moment AIB are saying that no jobs will uh, go that all the staff will re- will remain on uh, but of course because now it's almost become like a, it, they will essentially become sales offices but you would start to think if they're going to will staff end up losing their job because it, it certainly is a possibility if there isn't as much work for them to do particularly the staff that were dealing front you know with the customers all of the time uh, because you know how many people every day are going to be going in doing businesses are going to be going in buying a financial product or opening up a new a new account I don't think there will be that many people going in to the branches that are left without cash Gary says he's in business himself deals in uh, cash now he's worried about the situation of people will end up holding cash in their homes and he's fearful that that could lead to an increase in break-ins as burger will start to know over time the areas that don't have a bank uh, branch. He would be particularly worried about bars and restaurants that open late at night. Normally they would go to the night safe of the bank if they're going to stop doing that uh, where are they going to hold all of this uh, cash he's fearful that some of them will become become marked people as people will know that they're going to have large sums of money either on their premises or back in their homes from a security point of view Gary feels it is an horrendous situation James England Meyer says were we not told about 20 years ago that machines would one day take over all of the work from humans people laughed at the time Who's laughing now, says James in Glamour. James himself worked in manufacturing for a number of years and a number of them were made redundant. Why? Because a machine was able to do their job. He also knows of friends who work in the financial uh, sector. They lost their jobs because their work was replaced by people able to log on and do the work themselves at home. So he feels... James Glamour feels that computers are slowly replacing humans. And Trevor in Balancolic says he is also in business. He's not surprised as what has been announced because he says for years the staff in the bank who've been told by management on fairness it's not the staff making the decision they've been told to do as little as possible with regard to dealing with the customers when it comes to cash and cheque transfers etc any issues you've got to ring you put on call waiting you get through to a call staff Trevor feels half the time you get through to the call staff the staff seem to have the attitude that they don't really care he said it might sound old fashioned but we've gone to the point where being cashless is almost the price of progress so they say you go back to a time where you wrote a cheque 
He said, says, for example, if you wrote out a cheque from me, Patricia Messenger, I was only the one that was able to cash that cheque. There's a huge fraud element now involved with going online. Are we not hearing about scams on a daily basis? Indeed, we are, Trevor. We're always giving the warnings out about it all. OK, we are t- we're talking about progress, he says, but are we making progress at all? Let me go to some of your calls. Seamus is in uh, Buttevant. Uh, good morning to you, Seamus. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm very well. Now, firstly, what is the bank, the banking situation in Buttevant? Do you have any banks in Buttevant? No, there's no, no bank there's in no banks. Bought them, bought them closed years ago. Okay, so you've what? You have, uh, you have a post office? We have a post office and a credit union. And a credit union. Thank God for the post offices and the credit unions. Exactly. I, I, I hear you cry. Now, your point, um, AIB, please. My point is, as far as I know, AIB is state-owned. They are. The majority They're majority state-owned, yeah. Which means the state is the actual owner of it who can decide what happens with it and any of its plans. So I reckon what should happen is we should hound all our TDs until such time as they get AIB to reverse the decision. I see somebody by text is making the point. Pascal, Pascal Donoghue, our Minister for Finance, was he aware of the decision? Surely he would have to have been told what they were doing. Surely he would have been as a man, but I reckon it's like other organisations that the that the state controls. They'll tell you it's not their decision, government decision. That it's the organisation itself is making the decision. They can't interfere. And you get the famous line: "It's commercially sensitive." Commercially sensitive, which yeah. I reckon is a whole load of baloney. So you're of the belief, as I can see, a lot of our customers, a bit of people power is what's needed yeah. now. People pause on it. Like, at the way things are going with AIB, is this the third time the tax, tax, taxpayer has bailed them out the last 50 years? Uh, weren't, they, uh, weren't they in trouble with, was it Irish Life Insurance? Yeah, there was, yeah, yeah, there and was, yeah. There was there was trouble, wasn't, there, wasn't they in trouble as well, over their actions against the first euro? There could have been, yeah. You, you have yeah, a better memory than me. But certainly, we had the big bailout when the, when the IMF moved in. I mean, we yeah, would have, we would have lost our banks. Yeah, this this was the third one, like I mean. So the state owns this one. Yeah, and there was a rob. Anyone out there who has a private pension, there was an. Uh, Daylight robbery is the only way of putting it. Every single person who had a private pension, the government Including decided. Me. Yeah, the government decided to dip into people's private pensions and yeah. took a percentage of it to exactly. bail out the banks. And these are the to same banks the bank. that are now yeah. saying. Yeah, like yeah. Leo Varadkar, all it takes is Leo Varadkar, Michal Martin, whichever one of them, turns around and tells the IB no. Would you be cynical in the view that they, this decision is timed when the doll isn't in recess? They're all on their summer holidays. Would you be cynical oh, and think it was deliberately announced after they went on their holidays? Oh, yes, def- yeah. definitely. Because, as the man says, the, um, none of them want to face the people telling them that this is not on. And they'll hope that by the time it'll be they get back, we'll have forgotten all about it. Whereas I maintain... So they're so inured with electronic nowadays, every TD's mailbox should be getting hammered. 
regardless of party or I, I think they are and I know people are saying where are the rural TDs we are we, we are reaching out and I know John Paul is working on um, we will have some of them on, on, on the programme Anthony in Cantork this is a good point says I'm a customer um, with AIB I opened a business account with them do they not have a contract with me to provide services to me and are they now breaching that contract the condition of which I set up my account was that I would have access to the services in my nearby Cantork branch which is my local branch I get paid by cheque by customers so what do I do now you're going to have to go to your nearest town I don't know which is the nearest one to you in Cantork but that's a good point you, 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 yeah. you sign up for a service and suddenly yeah. that service has disappeared yeah. okay and uh, like I reckon myself if AIB if the government aren't willing to make AIB reverse this decision the only logical thing for them to do is shut down AIB, sell all its assets, and use the money for something like building houses. Because AIB, as a bank, isn't worth a damn to the army person. Well, certainly not for, not to the people no, to in, the those, army, in those, those 70 towns. Yeah, who gets yeah. paid by cheque or thing like that. They're not worth anything to anyone. OK, listen, Seamus, thank you for that. I want to, right. I've want i got more callers. I want to get on to um, Rose from um, the wonderful Taris Shock, uh, Charity Shop in Domamway. And Domamway, of course, one of the towns that are affected by this decision. Good morning to you, Rose. Hello. Uh, uh, good morning to you, Rose. You're, you're, good you're, morning. You're, good morning, Patricia. Now, you, you have a right dilemma in your charity shop. You don't have card payment. Not at all. And um, they've been pushing us for weeks months since Bank of Ireland closed, we've never had a card um, card machine. And people depend on... You know, people haven't got this big money they're talking about. We see it on the, the ground every day. People have their four and five euro. If they have ten euro, we're very lucky. You know, and we were volunteers. I wish to God the government would recognise the work that volunteers are doing instead of doing what they're doing now. They're turning their back on us. And I'm assuming that the majority of charity shops deal in cash. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry, I don't go to many myself, but any few I have been, it's all cash. Yeah, yeah. I was dealing with a lady this this morning. No, God love her. She had four euro and she was lucky to have it. I can't see her getting a card or being able to use it. And would you use the AIB branch in Dunmanway? Oh, I would, yeah, personally use Of course I would. Do you use it for the shop? No. No, OK. We have. We were pushed to the post office and we're very glad of it. Yeah. Of the services. But I wish... Um, no, we have to deal in cash in these type of shops. Yeah. As I said, we're dealing with a different um, clientele, age yeah. group. Yeah, you're dealing with people who are struggling. They are struggling every day. And I mean, to hear some of our listeners say that they'll have to get a taxi to go into, oh. the expense of that for people. And the cost of it. Yeah. And All the right. cost of it. Look, the government will have to sit down and talk to us. Again, they seem to be ignoring the people that are trying to run the country voluntary. And this, but this isn't a private enterprise. This is a majority state-owned. A state-owned owned. Stay home. Yeah, so they have to do but something. But there again, I have been talking about rural isolation and I'm. this is shoving us further and further and further. They have to come back to the to table and talk. 
Yeah, it's like a like a lot of people feels like a another nail in the coffin of rural Absolutely. Ireland. Absolutely. All right, Rose, and you're busy as always in Tower Shock, are you? We are indeed. Yeah, well We've done. just um, just um, we're looking forward now to our fifteenth year. <laughs> I've, well done, you're a great bunch. And thanks again to the support of our volunteers and the people that support us. Okay, and well done to each and, and every one of you. Ah, uh, uh, listen, that's our pleasure. Look after yourself and the rest of the gang there. Thanks, thanks for that. That is Rose from the Tower Shock Charity Shop in Dunman. Let me take a look at some of your texts coming in on, on this issue. Somebody says, well done to Anne-Marie Cronin, who joined us in the last hour for speaking up on behalf of the good people of Beira on the AIB going cashless. It's a disgrace. Is there any politician coming on the programme uh, today, uh, Patricia, to support the people they voted for? My heart goes out to the elderly that trust only a bank with their money and they are unable to uh, travel. And yes, we are reaching out to some of the local TDs. Hope to speak with them in a couple of minutes. And Michael says, Patricia, I am a customer with Bank of Ireland. I went into my branch lately. I needed to sort out an issue with my account. And I was told when I went into the branch, oh, sorry, you have to do that over the phone. I tried. I was passed from one to another who couldn't deal with the issue that I needed sorting out. And I was told a manager will ring me. And he did. But the manager rang from completely the wrong section of the bank. And this manager on the phone line says, do you know what you need to do, Michael? You need to go into the branch and they'll sort it out for you. So I did, said Michael. I had to go back to the branch. I met a lovely lady. And guess what? She sorted out the issue in two minutes. We need people at times. Internet banking, phone banking is grand for some things but not for others that's a really good point and what, how frustrating for you as well uh, Michael thank you for that John says we need the government back in the doll next week to sort out this cash problem in the banks. We need to bring the country to a halt. It is a disgrace it's time to make a stand. The country is a fair joke the banks are taking the mick says uh, John. Patricia, our rural TDs are not representing rural uh, Ireland. They need to stand up to the big boys for once and for all. A different Michael says as a community alert member in our local community, I fear that people will start to hoard cash at home. This is only inviting break-ins and crimes. Yes, people ought to move to electronic banking, but older people will be slow to make that move and we can never forget those older people who built this uh, country. Liz is talking about all the security that banks have against raids. What will our local post offices um, have? And hi, Patricia. I t- this is another Michael. I texted you yesterday when the news broke on the cashless banks and I'm listening to your discussion this morning. At the rate we are going, we might as well forget rural Ireland. It's madness and it's a joke our customers are being treated. And I will add, it's happening in our supermarkets too. I recently went into my local supermarket. There's a huge bank of self-service machines have been installed, leaving just a few proper tills in place. A joke to staff and customers alike. A few of those self-service tills are fine if you just have a couple of items and you want to rush in and get out quickly. But what about your big weekly shop? It's a disaster. Michael says, by the way, I refuse to use them. And I've heard many others refusing to use them too. And people are afraid that it's going to a threat to the staff that are there. Okay, that's just some more of the many calls and texts that are coming in 0818 103 103 John Paul's taking calls you can text you can WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs An admin assistant slash IT support worker is wanted for a abandoned solicitor's office CVs and a cover letter please to Ted Hallisey at 
hplaw.ie. A staff nurse and healthcare assistant positions are available at St. Governance Nursing Home in Ballyagram. Email your CV, please, to saintst.govnance at gmail.com. Serendipity Childcare, they're based at West End in Mallow. They're looking for an early years educator. You, you need to have QQI level six, and it's a 30 hour fixed term contract. CVs, please, to Bridget Griffin4 at gmail.com. And at 360 degrees, excavator drivers wanted for a new project that's going to begin in Kildallery. CVs, please, to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818 103 103. And we're staying on the topic of the decision by AIB to turn 70 of its branches including 12 here in Cork into cashless outlets the branches will focus uh, more on mortgage loan and saving advice for customers many of our listeners are saying what are the rural particularly the rural TDs what are they saying about it Um, Deputy Michael Collins uh, Independent All Deputy from West Cork we had agreed was joining us on the programme about a different issue but obviously this is the issue that everybody's talking about this morning and Michael joins me. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, uh, and and you are welcome. I have. It's a long time, Michael, since I've seen such an issue, and the reaction from listeners. There is just a huge level of anger out there. There's a huge level of upset and uh, frustration, and uh, people saying this decision has got to be reversed. Well, this came uh, out of the blue, uh, as such yesterday, uh, Patricia, and, you know, it affects 12 branches in, in, in the Cork County. It affects three in my own constituency, Castledown, Bear, Kinsale, Dunmanway, who did great banking with the IB down through the years, uh, Patricia. What I'm very angered about, and my rural independent uh, group uh, had a meeting together last last night. We've called for the reconvening of the doll on this decision. It's a hugely, hugely important decision. Um, I have no doubt, and I, I, I stand obviously without proof, that Minister Pascal O'Donnell and Minister Michael McGrath would have been well aware of this last week when the break up the doll uh, was, was, was called by Thursday, and this was not debated. So handling hand of uh, a government stake of 63.5% was never ignored when this decision was being made. I have no doubt about it. And it's sad to think that they waited for the break up the doll so that we couldn't have any proper parliamentary debate on this issue and overturn this decision, because this decision is shocking for the people of Castletown Bear. It's, it's, you know, I, I people emailing me this morning, they're 63 kilometres away from Bantry, they're 60 kilometres away from Kenmare. It's, uh, and Kenmare, know, Ken, Ken, Kenmare is on the list. The Kenmare branch has gone cashless as well. It is, and, and that's, that means uh, it's no point. You have a situation where there'll be no notes, no coins, no checks, no safe boxes for businesses, no ATMs. You have the situation in Dunmanway where Bank of Ireland have, have been closed. It's just an astonishing decision, an astonishing decision. And uh, as I said, the government cannot walk away from this. We do need to reconvene the doll immediately. There is no excuse in the matter. We're looking for a meeting with Pascal Donoghue, with Minister, and Michael McGrath on this issue because they have the deciding, uh, they surely have had uh, some decision-making in, in this whole process. And this has to be reversed for the people of Castlemere and Kinsale and Dunmanway. That's the very least we deserve. And, Patricia, we're living in a time when credit unions are not allowed to compete. 
post offices like my own is closing this weekend in Goldene. It's an astonishingly difficult time for the people of rural Ireland, but this is a complete and utter attack. And it's, it's an attack on our democracy, if nothing else. But, it, you know, you look at we say a place like Kins- uh, sorry, Castle has done some huge business with AIB during two years, the largest white fish port in the country. No left cashless, no left with people with monies in businesses, whether they're in Dunmanway or Kinsale, and you know Kinsale, foreign exchange would be badly needed mm. in any areas for tourism. I just can't understand where this is. But, uh, but uh, are we being cynical and thinking that the timing deliberately coincided when the doll was in recess? Well, the only answer I can give you that, uh, for that, Patricia, is... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That, uh, the government owns 63.5% stake in, 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 in the AIB. Surely be to God... They knew this was coming. They cannot hide and say they weren't told or they weren't informed, and they will try and do that. They definitely would have been 100% sure and knew that this was happening. The dollars broke up on Thursday. This was announced on Tuesday. It was, and it was certainly a closely guarded secret because by all accounts, staff at all of the branches only found out yesterday morning. And that's another thing maybe we forget in the in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Hunters, that the, the staff, who've been serving people so brilliantly down through the years, have been left completely um, in the dark on this d- issue. And, and and as well as that, you know, it's unfair. Their jobs are probably in jeopardy. And, you know, I come from a, a town down in Skull where, where the EIB walked away from us 10 years ago, and it leaves a severe effect. And I said that before in your radio station, where within a year, uh, one of the local bigger shops closed. Uh, within 12 months, the loss of that business. So you, I have no doubt about it that Kinsale and, and, and Castleton Bear and Dunman will be losing their AIB in the very near future. That's the plan. It's just closing it bit by bit and waving goodbye to the to the customers who are loyal to the people. And we have very little choice. I see some of the comments coming up on my own Facebook when I put it up yesterday and others 
saying move bank what choices do we have yeah, well, that's, no, yeah, that's what a number of people are saying they don't they're not in a position that there's another bank in town stay there because I want to bring in uh, Fianna Fáil Deputy Michael Moynihan of Cork uh, North West good morning to you Michael Good morning. Now, Michael, in your area, Canturk and Mill Street is to uh, go cashless. Had, from, a, from a government TD's point of view, would Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath have been aware of this decision? Well, I, I don't know. I, they certainly didn't communicate with me to say that they were aware of it. Uh, and I have asked that question, but I, I, I can't answer for them. I, I, I genuinely don't know. But I do believe that, you know... You look at my part of the country now, you look at from Mallow, totally is left without any functioning banking system. You have a huge sward of countryside uh, in Duhalla. You, we suffered the Bank of Ireland and in closure in Kentuck and in Mill Street uh, already. And now both of those are going to go cashless. And like, you know, if you look at it, from a societal point of view, you know, putting cash into the bank, getting cash out for businesses in, in terms of their cash. But will this also lead to vulnerable people keeping more cash in their houses? We have been trying to, you know, to try and make sure that people don't keep cash in their houses. But it, it's like it makes no sense. And, you know, if you look at it um, in terms of what will the banks the banks in the branches, the the two branches that I'd be talking about in Kentucky and Ministries, like what will they be offering then? Are they just a kind of a, a an office? Where it's a sa- it'll be a sa- it'll be a sales shop. They're, they're they're going to be selling mortgages. They're going to be doing loans and opening accounts. It's 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 a sales. It's it's but an awful lot of that has been like the the, the, the a lot of that has been done online, but particularly in mortgages and so forth. A lot of that, and that there would be one or two meetings between the 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 customers in setting up accounts. And but like long term, right? You know. It, the issue here in terms of uh, farmers, they're getting checks from the market. They, you know, a lot of people would be using checks in terms of, of agricultural activity. We have a hugely agricultural uh, community within the Duhalla region and also elderly people with cash like uh, and the businesses. Like, you know, this notion that they announced that they're uh, another relationship or a stronger relationship and on post, on post won't be able to take up the, the challenges that are uh, presented because of the closure uh, are making these uh, banking units uh, cashless. And yeah, and like, people are talking about a lot of those post offices are very small. You you go on a Friday morning when there's a queue outside with pensioners picking up their pensions and suddenly you're going to have all the business community uh, arriving as well. Uh, Michael Collins has, has just said that the Dáil needs to be reconvened to discuss this and to try to in some way having a such a majority stakeholding in AIB that the, surely the government can make AIB change their mind on this. Well, they have is over 60% uh, stakeholding in it, yes. I believe that the government intervention. I have yesterday contacted Pascal Donoghue. I have contacted the chief executive of AIB and also to the, the um, central bank in relation to this issue. I genuinely believe that this is going to have a huge impact on... And, you know, you're quite right, Patricia, in the calls that you've got this morning in terms of the radio station, but also the uh, contact that we have got through the office and through myself over the last 24, 48 hours. It is a hugely challenging issue for people within within the community that, that I serve, the 
the community that I work with, and we have already experienced challenges in relation to removing of banking services. This is the final straw. Like I, I, I understand that our um, that the um, services are to be taken in October, but certainly there will be time for me to raise this issue. But I will continue to raise this issue with uh, those, as I have done yesterday and again today, because I genuinely fear for vulnerable people who may return to trying to keep cash in their home because I they can see, yeah, I can see a number of people, particularly people who work with Community Alert are very, very worried about that. And um, Let me bring Michael Collins uh, uh, back in. Are you worried, Michael, in your neck of the woods on the security side of this and the particularly vulnerable I, people? Yes, Patricia, I'd be very worried in relation to elderly people, but I'd also be worried in relation to businesses. Uh, if you have a situation where I got an email this morning that uh, this person said their business is 63 kilometres away from the, the bank in Bantry, the nearest bank in 60 from Kinbear, and says Kinbear is, is gone cashless as well. So that's a serious, very, very serious situation that businesses will find themselves, especially in places like Castle Dunbear, uh, to find themselves having to travel throughout the country basically with la- large amounts of money after maybe a weekend's tea. And I'm just very, very frustrated that, as I said earlier on, that this decision was made four or five days after the breakup of the doll. So not allowing uh, the TDs or the politicians in their areas to have a proper parliamentary debate. Surely be to God, if the state owns 63.5%, and we did bail these banks out before, you know, and, and came at a, an absolutely excruciating pain to the people of this country. No, we need help. We need, uh, our state needs to intervene here to help the ordinary people of rural Ireland and unfortunately, the, the state is being, standing idly by and has expected this. And I still, and I continue to state it, that this would have been well known before the doll broke up last week, but it would have been kept a nice secret. It had to be. Surely be to God if the two ministers in, in place, Michael McGrath and Pascal Dunahu, are doing anything, are doing their job right, they would have known about this well in advance and have hit it on the people. Okay, and uh, uh, Michael, um, uh, good morning, good morning. And there will be, of course, the doll will go back. I think it's on, on the fifteenth of September, uh, which will probably be just uh, to well, the the first uh, round of the of the closures is on the thirtieth September, with the second one on the twenty first of uh, October. Are you hopeful, Michael Moynihan, that this decision might be reversed? Well, I don't know. I, it would be remiss. I, I cannot say that, but I certainly am going to raise the... I, I think it is hugely frustrating, and I think that the consequences of it are hugely damning for our communities, for the communities that I represent, and I certainly will be raising it at every level and with everybody I can to see what can be done, because I genuinely believe, and Michael Collins is quite right, that, you know, with the vulnerable people and community alerts and other organisations have been in contact with me, outlining that over the last 24, 48 hours, but also business people. Do they have, people that are running businesses are working extremely hard to keep their businesses afloat. Do they have time to take one day in the week to round trip to to lodge cash to uh, do all of this no they don't and we need to ensure that there is a basis to make sure that businesses can continue to flourish and develop within rural communities and like you you talk about traveling from you know you you travel from Duhala, you travel to Tralee, you're traveling to uh to Mallow like that's you know, it, it is crazy to accept that and you're, you're travelling with cash and car and so forth. It's not acceptable. And I believe that, you know, the decision on this, on the cashless, like, it seems to be very ill-thought-out and it just foisted upon the people without any long-term strategy about yeah. how this is going to be. And up. it just seems particularly unfair on areas where it is the last bank standing, even though I can see some people from the uh, the, from the, from the city and the suburb of, of the city uh, because they're going to be affected as well. Ken is in Bishopstown, says Bishopstown, Brown. 
branch going cashless using the ATM. It's madness. Connor is in Carrigal Lines. Is Carrigaline and Glanmire are two huge areas of growth within Cork. And now AIB announced they're going cashless with no ATMs. Uh, surely they should be investing in those areas, not divesting. Uh, people can't understand it. Okay, listen, I'll leave it there, gentlemen, because I can see so many calls and comments coming in. But thank, thank you both, because I don't think this is going to be the end of uh, this issue for sure. Thank you both uh, for joining us. That is uh, Deputy Michael Collins, who uh, independent Dáil Deputy from West Cork and also on the line, uh, Fianna Fáil Deputy Michael Moynihan, who is in Cork North West. And I take it they are like every other TD in every area right across the country just inundated with people who are so, so annoyed about this decision. Charlie in Whelan says, how can local GAA clubs who sell lottery tickets, what are they expected to do with the cash they take in and paying out the winners, um, etc. It's going to cause so many problems for so many people. Karen in Midstreet said, when we got new cards from the bank, they asked us to go to the nearest ATM to activate the card sometimes they only work at the actual banks ATMs and not a third party one what are they expecting us to do with new cards into the future will we have to drive to the nearest AIB ATM and Timmy Amalo says look how popular Revolut is becoming and how easy it is to use and check your transactions no wonder AIB are making the decision they're looking down the line and can see that Revolut is growing and of course Revolut is a bank that has no branches Actually, somebody else has mentioned uh, Revolut. There was a text in from a mum with teenage children. Says, Patricia, as the parent of a young teen who has a babysitting job for the summer, and obviously as a babysitting job, they're getting paid in cash. We opened a bank account with her so that she could learn how to be good with money, saving, management, etc. AIB made it so difficult to open that account that we actually ended up going to a different bank. I am so glad now that we made that decision. Very disappointed with AIB's short memories of us, the public, bailing them out in the last recession. Our daughter's other option now, if she's not paid in cash, is the likes of Revolut. But of course, Revolut is business. It's all it's business that is outside of the country, which is outside of the state, which is uh, a fair and a valid point as well. Uh, Margaret uh, in Maraid, sorry, Maraid in Dunmanway, the reality of AIB closing in Dunmanway is that there'll be nowhere a person can withdraw money to go for a night out in Dunmanway after 9 or 10 o'clock. Two of the shops have ATM machines, but they close at either 9 or 10 o'clock. The pubs do not have card facilities in Dunmanway. If you forget to withdraw money before the time you want to go out, you may as well stay indoors. Local businesses will feel the loss immensely here in Dunmanway. It is disgraceful. Dunmanway may as well be a village, says Maraid. Hi Patricia, no reason to be suggesting elderly will be hoarding cash in their homes as a result of the AIB going cashless bank Post offices will accept cash. Post offices also have the capacity to deal with local businesses as well as dealing with pensioners and other customers. Yeah, I think the hoarding of cash, I think what a number of people are worried about are businesses uh, hoarding cash, businesses that use the night safes because all the night safes, um, deposit boxes 
are all going to be gone and absolutely post offices will step up to the mark but a post office closes is it at 5 5.30 no good to a business that operates late at night like a pub or a restaurant uh, etc so it's going to be of no use to people like that who will regularly use the night safe to deposit their uh, money okay thank you for your call or your text Heidi says morning Patricia what is happening in this country we have really no businesses coming into this country to give us competition and poor old rural Ireland people are losing out again with the only banking choices we have we need our TDs to start shouting for us we might as well pack up and leave it is simply a joke the rubbish that we in rural Ireland have to contend with it is time for all of us to shout stop 0818103103 John Paul continues to take your calls you can text WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Can I just say a huge thank you to everybody who's taken time out to text our WhatsApp us uh, today on the programme. We have read all of them. I'm just going to do another uh, bulk of them here and then we'll close it off in this hour and we will get to other issues in the next hour. But people really are enraged uh, about. About it. Michael says, Patricia, it's from Castletown Bear. I personally think that all should be recalled on this very, very important uh, issue. Someone else says there won't be any undeclared money and that will suit the government just fine. Those banks, the banks should be boycotted. There's nothing like people power. Somebody else says the arrogance of the bank really is something else. And Marie says, hi Patricia, I think the AIB is a disgrace and I'm a customer of theirs, but I like to use cash. I live in and we lost our Bank of Ireland and our AIB bank. We have the post office and we also have our local credit union. But since the beginning of COVID re- uh, restrictions, the hours in our credit union office in Bosterfant have been cut. We lost Monday, Tuesday and Thursday morning. The staff are in the office, but unfortunately the doors are closed to the public. It's awful having to try to travel to Mallow or get a relative to do your business for you. I can't understand it, why they haven't reinstated the hours after restrictions were lifted financial institutions seems to do seem to be able to do whatever pleases them and then some of your whatsapps in Patricia it's all part of the bigger agenda to cripple the country the powers that be don't seem to care less about us it's all part of the World Economic Forum according to this texter the globalists want to control us we'll be lucky if we even get our pensions and our savings back by 2030 we'll end up owning nothing and then we're supposed to be happy. The people need to wake up, says this uh, listener. Uh, Martin says, oh, well done, Patricia and C103 and John Paul for highlighting and focusing on what is a crazy banking uh, decision. It really is a serious situation. Well, listen, Martin, it's taken over the programme today, dictated to by the listeners, I have to say, because we've had so much reaction from listeners. Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, morning, Patricia. I think it was announced by AIB when the doll is on their holidays because they were told Elizabeth feels by the finance ministers that all didn't want to deal with the public. After all, the people own the majority of this uh, bank and the ministers are voted in by by us. I feel the country is a joke. Someone else wonders, is it possible that AIB will lose, ultimately lose revenue 
due to loss of transactions from machines and over the counter. Who knows? Only time will uh, tell. Because somebody else is making that point. They want they want people to use machines more because every time you put a card into the machine, you get uh, charged as opposed to going in and doing a transaction over the uh, counter. A Kerry listener says, Patricia, the dramatic withdrawal of services from approximately 70 Uh, well it is exactly 70 AIB branches is likely to cause significant concerns among many people but particularly the elderly folk who may be unable to travel to a branch that does have the facilities. What do banks mean by social inclusion? The polar opposite appears to be the case. The withdrawal of Ulster and KBC banks is significant and the proposed now draconian changes are possibly the tip of the iceberg of what is to come. And that's from a Kerry uh, listener. Uh, John says, Patricia, Eamon Ryan, the Transport and Environment Minister, wants us all to cut our admissions by using public transport, yet the trains are full and the Minister doesn't put on extra trains or buses so people have to drive. Now, some people will have to drive a 100 kilometre round trip to get cash from October from a bank. Post offices are not a place you want to do financial business in front of everybody else's earshot. Where is the privacy? Rural politicians better wake the hell up or the door will be shut in their faces when they come a-calling. Okay, that's, as I say, just a sample of the many, many calls and texts that are coming in. So thank you to everybody who has called and texted and WhatsApp to us. We have read or will read every single one of them if we don't get around to reading them all while we are on air this morning. Uh, And this is just on a completely different issue that we spoke about yesterday. Noreen from Mahan was back on. Remember, uh, Noreen was on to us yesterday because she was looking for a playpen. She's minding her grandchild while her daughter goes into hospital to have baby number two and she'll be helping out a little bit more now that baby number two has arrived and she just wasn't able to get a playpen everywhere and she tried charity shops, she tried some local shops, couldn't get a playpen. Well, she was just on to say a huge, huge thank you to so many le- listeners who stepped forward and she has managed to get one from one of our listeners because I, I thought that, that some people, some might have one uh, willing to donate and actually yesterday uh, some people were saying that younger mums today don't like to put their babies in uh, play pens. Uh, can I say I had uh, a WhatsApp from Laura in Killa with baby Charlie, who's very only three months old, very, very happy and is very much enjoying being in his, in his playpen and uh, she finds it much safer to leave uh, little baby Charlie in the playpen. So you, there are a lot of young mothers who are using playpens. We are looking for your gardening questions because Peter Dowdle will be joining us in the next hour. We're also uh, looking for contestants to take part in a new reality TV show and it's coming from the makers of Gogglebox Ireland. We'll find out more about that in the next hour and we'll take a look at some of your calls and comments coming in on the variety of different issues all coming up afternoons at 12 midday Cork today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group want great advice you know who to talk to cmig.ie you're listening to Cork today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed been asked to wish the best of luck to the Cork Minor Ladies Football Under 18 team. They're playing the All Ireland semi final this evening in Nina with a special mention to the North Cork girls Leah Heffernan from Bantir GAA and Alana Gould from Kilshanik GAA. Go knock it out of the park, girls. Cork Minor Ladies Football Under 18 team in the All Ireland semi final. The very best of luck. Now, some other comments. 
comments that's coming into the programme this morning. And by the way, we are taking your gardening questions because Peter Dowdell will join us later on this hour. I can already see some gardening questions coming in. Yeah, keep those coming. Uh, John Paul, let's take a call 0818. 103103 or you can text or WhatsApp a gardening question to 0862103103. Now yesterday we had some queries in about the bus errand and the places on the school bus that of course we now know is free for everyone primary and secondary school this year. It's one it's part of the government trying to help out with the cost of living but people were having problems yesterday getting on to the online portal because even though you don't have to pay for the bus this year you still have to register to say your son or daughter requires a seat on the bus well Alan has been on to us this morning to say uh, Patricia we are still trying to register our son for the school transport service we received and Alan has sent on a copy of a message after we completed the registration we then received a message to say there was an error with the request but it's still saying that it is processing we've tried to phone the contact number but we can't get an answer we've tried to email them but the email is unmanned can you please help us find out how we can get an answer to our query now what I did was I went on to Twitter because obviously Alan if the issue that you're having is happening to you, you can be guaranteed that it's happening to parents all over the country. And there's a number of parents all over the country, very, very frustrated, trying to get through on this online portal, which we knew yesterday. Bus Aaron were saying on social media that they just they weren't ready for the flood of queries and registrations that they received and their IT department were working on it and all of that and our advice yesterday was to people to hold off and try again later on which I'm assuming the majority of parents uh, did. Now I've just checked while news was on at 12 midday and what Bus Aaron are now saying to people like you Alan and others who are having difficulties like that you put your registration in it looks like everything has happened and then for some reason it comes back saying that there is an error they are saying that families need to you need to contact your local school transport office and they will be able to check the status of your application now because it's come in by WhatsApp Alan I don't know where you're WhatsApping from so you need to get on to your local school transport office and hopefully they will be able to deal with it and then we had a number of people who were on to us to say they pay their school transport fees in advance of the Minister for Education Norma Foley coming out and saying that the school bus will be free for everybody this year and people are saying can I have my money back please I don't have to pay this year people are wondering when and how would they get their refunds and do they need to do anything in order to apply for their refunds Bus Aaron say that families have already paid for next year's school transport do not need to do anything but they will be refunded around the start of the school year now I know that's going to be disappointing for many parents who are struggling with the back to school costs and obviously we're trying to be very sensible and get the school bus ticket paid out of the way and then you know getting the rest of the bits and bobs uh, together and they could do with the money now but unfortunately that's the way they're doing it you won't get the refund until the start of the school year but you don't have to do anything about it you don't have to apply for the refund they obviously know the families I don't know what percentage of families paid in advance of that announcement being made but if you're one of those just hang in there you'll get it back at the start of the school year 0818-103-103 And then John says, Patricia, yesterday's fires in London and the 40 degrees plus 
temperature in the UK is really the reality of climate change. Germany is now opening coal-fired electricity generation stations, thereby increasing emissions. China has 100 cities with populations over 1 million people in each of them. Isn't that staggering? A million people in 100 cities. That's incredible, the population of China. Anyway, uh, they're all increasing daily and they're opening coal burning stations as well. The conclusion is more emissions by 2030. It really is scary stuff, says John. And while that's going on around the world, we know we have the reduction of carbon emissions by the farming community. That still is very much making the news in this country and it was an issue we dealt with uh, yesterday and the Environment Minister Eamon Ryan is hoping now that enhanced state supports for farmers which will be finalised in the coming weeks he's hoping that these new packages that he's putting in place will convince the Agriculture Minister Charlie McCongle and indeed the rest of the farming organisations to sign up to reducing carbon emissions from the sector by close to 30% by the end of the decade. Minister Ryan said farmers will be paid a premium for their food produce and for more environmentally friendly farming practices. And he says, and I quote, this is from Eamon Ryan, we will not see the Irish farm, family farm survive unless we're willing to pay for it. But Minister for Agriculture is under huge pressure from his own Fianna Fáil party, including his predecessor, Barry Cowan, from rural backbenchers within Fianna Gael and the farming lobby groups to agree to reducing admissions by the minimum target, which has been set, which is 22%. Uh, but Eamon Ryan's Green Party colleague, that's the junior biodiversity minister, Pippa Hackett, she's announcing today increased subsidies for organic farmers. That's in a bid to discourage, discourage the use of chemical fertiliser and that we know is responsible for one sixth of agricultural emissions and obviously it soared in price because of the fallout from the Russian invasion on Ukraine. And then the upcoming climate action plan that will also increase the targets for anaerobic digestion. What is anaerobic digestion? I hear you cry. It's the practice of converting slurry and waste food into gas. Minister Eamon Ryan and his officials believe that that will generate hundreds of millions of euro in additional income streams for farm families. Farmers also will be paid to plant what's been described as small-scale forestry along rivers and to grow trees on land that they can continue to farm on and that obviously is in a bid to capture more carbon. There will also be additional supports for farmers to install things like solar panels on their farms and farm buildings and then obviously to sell back excess electricity back into the national grid. So there's some of the plans that the Greens have in order to encourage farmers to reduce their carbon emissions. I don't know enough about farming to know how many of those plans will float and how many farmers will take up on those suggestions. But what I did smile about yesterday was the Kerry Fine Gael deputy Brendan Griffin. Uh, he was in a discussion on his local radio station, Radio Kerry, yesterday about this reduction of carbon emissions. And obviously he was speaking out on behalf of the farming community in Kerry. And he called for a ban on SUVs in the Environment Minister Eamon Ryan's Dublin Bay South constituency. And he said, nobody in Dublin needs to be driving around in a gas guzzling 
SUV. He was reacting to what he believes is the very unfair anti-rural bias he feels of the Green Party's climate change policies. Deputy Griffin was speaking yesterday following the release of the report which said, and this was something we mentioned yesterday, that families might be forced to abandon their second car if the higher level carbon emission targets are not agreed by the farming sector. The report cited unnamed senior government sources, so he took to local radio to talk about it and I quote from Brendan Griffin, why isn't there talk about SU where, in my opinion, nobody in Dublin needs one. Why aren't we talking about banning them in Eamon Ryan's own constituency in Dublin South, for example? He said he was putting out suggestions like this so that people living in cities know what it's like to be on the receiving end of hair-brained proposals. He said it's very easy to shout from the rooftops when you're above in Dublin constituency about about stuff that will affect people 300 kilometres away from you. He also criticised the suggestion that a householder's second car might be put in jeopardy, saying that that would severely impact families all over the country where both parents might have to commute to work. He says, why is it always a proposal that's out there that will negatively and disproportionately impact on people living in rural counties and rural communities. It's never proposals are put in place that will target people in urban areas. It always seems to be, yet again, poor old rural Ireland. And that kind of ties in exactly with what AIB has decided to do. It will disproportionately affect people in rural areas more than urban areas. And I know some of the city suburbs that we mentioned are losing some of their branches will be going cashless but they will be close by another branch that they will be able to travel to they certainly won't be in a position nobody living in a a very urban area will not be in a position if their local bank decides to go their local AIB decides to go cashless none of them will be asked to do a round trip of a hundred kilometres which it will be in some parts of the country to get to their local AIB that will deal with uh, cash so I thought it was a great suggestion by Brendan Griffin and I wonder how it has been reacting to by people in Dublin who are driving around in gas guzzling SUVs the very thought that that might be put on the table that if we need to lower carbon emissions more that we'll just put a ban that nobody living in a city area will be entitled to drive an SUV 0818103103 your thoughts welcomed you can text text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. Now the next draw for Cadallery Lotto is taking place tomorrow, four o'clock in the afternoon in the community office with a jackpot of 4,400 euro and tickets are still on sale at all of the local outlets and the community office. Men's Mallow Men's Shed and the Women's Shed are joining forces to fundraise for the local Lakela Family Resource Centre and they'll hold a table quiz tomorrow night, 21st of July, in the Bridge House Farm. Tables of four, 40 euro. The starting time is nine and you're advised to please come along early to secure a place. St. Patrick's Cemetery Mass in Canturk will be held on Friday night. That's at uh, 7pm. And you're pleased asked to support the street collection in aid of suicide awareness, which will take place in Charleville this Friday and Saturday. Volunteers will be collecting throughout the day. 
and a charity cycle. It's the Mizzen Looper Charity Cycle taking place on Saturday. All proceeds raised will go towards the West Cork Down Syndrome Support Group and help towards key services for users and their families. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Reality TV is still as popular as ever with huge numbers tuning in every night to ITV's Love Island. So would you, or someone you know, consider signing up as a participant in a reality TV show? Show. Well, the creators of Gaga Box Ireland are currently on the lookout for single people in rural Ireland. And joining me with more details is Conor O'Donovan of Kite Entertainment. Uh, good afternoon to you, Conor. Hi, how are you getting on? I'm, I'm very good, thank you. You're very welcome to the programme. Now, is the aim of this show to help rural single people find true love? Well, you've hit the nail on the head. So we're making this new show and we're looking for anyone who's living in rural Ireland or the countryside in general, uh, who maybe you've got your Tinder on a 20k radius, but no one is popping up for you that's of interest because maybe there's just not that many people around. So we're looking for anyone who might be in that situation. You could be a farmer, you could be a vet, you could just own a cafe in the countryside and maybe you need a little bit of a hand or a guiding hand meeting people. So we'd like to get involved and help sort that out for you. And I believe the idea is to match a rural single with an urban single person who wants to escape to the country. That's right. So as well as looking for people living in the countryside, we'd also love to speak to anyone who's living in the city. But maybe you've always dreamed of escaping to the country and meeting the right person. Maybe meeting a farmer with a bit of road frontage or something (laughs) like that. So if that sounds appealing to you, we'd also love you to get in touch with us as well. A little bit like the good life. A a little bit like that. I'm thinking of it more as first dates in the countryside or a bit more outdoorsy. But the show hasn't been made yet, so we can't say for definite exactly just yet. But our main thing, we're looking for fun, outgoing people looking for love who want to try something a bit different. All ages, all sexual orientation? 100% Um, all of God's creatures big and small so anyone over the age of 18 welcome to apply Um, yeah whatever your story is we'd love to hear from you um, you know and see how we can get involved the main thing for us is just finding the person who we think actually there's a legitimate chance these two will hit it off Um, so yeah we'd love to hear from you no matter what your situation is now, obviously, the nature of what you do, you work be- behind the camera. Do, I mean, the, the very thought of being on camera, the nerves and all of that. Do people just get used to it and almost forget that the camera is there? I mean, like the perfect person for any of these shows is someone who does just forget the camera is there. But it's probably going to be a small enough crew and kind of easy to get on with. And also, if you're the person living in the countryside, you know, it's going to be your home turf. You've got the home advantage there. So ideally, we'd like to find a few people who hopefully you'll have a bit of a spark with and who we believe you'll have a bit of a spark with and just, you know, have a bit of crack. You can put them through their paces on the farm or in your cafe or whatever it might be. And we'll let everything develop as naturally as possible. It's one of those ones we kind of want to observe more than like produce up. Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm, mm. So it should be a lot of fun to watch and hopefully fruitful. And you'll try and match people up based on maybe interests? Or are you going to go for total opposites? 
Um, depends on the people, really. Like the main, you will have a chat with everyone who applies and get an idea of your profile and what's appealing for you. And like I said earlier, we're not going to line up people if we don't think actually. I I think there's a genuine chance these could be looking for each other. You know, these are kind of going to appeal, and something genuine might grow out of it. I mean. I'm living in Dublin city centre and I find dating a nightmare. So if you're in the countryside and there's not too many people around, I, I don't know where you'd even begin. So we're hoping this could turn one of the disadvantages of living in one of the most beautiful parts of Ireland into a really big advantage. Yeah, you you wonder the dating scene, is it, is it easier or harder than previous generations? I mean, you mentioned I, Tinder, you know, I, there is. I swear to God, I'm convinced the, the apps actually have made things worse in a lot of ways. I feel like they've made a real like, ah, there's always someone else just to swipe away kind of attitude, you know? So yeah, hopefully for a lot of people, putting someone right in front of them who we know there's a, there's a lot of commonalities with will help. Someone, someone is saying, let me, somebody's saying, road frontage and milk quotas are all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if you've got a milk coat as well, come along, please. We'll be interested in you. Are you getting a good response, Connor, so far? The response has been fantastic has so it? far. I mean, there's a lot of younger people applying who are, you know, up for a bit of crack and kind of picturing that first date scenario. But then we've I, a lot of applicants I've had from older people um, living in the countryside who might not have dated in a couple of years. And it's sad to see that a lot of people, after going a length of time without dating, almost sort of throw in the towel a little bit and think, oh, you know, maybe love is not for me. And if that's ever gone through your head, like we absolutely want you to contact us because we'd like to tell you very firmly, no, that's not the situation. There is someone out there for you and we might be able to find them for you. And it, it, but it's more than a first date. I mean, first date, they just meet up for the one evening. This is this. Can you give us details of the format or is that a closely guarded secret? Well, the format's still being developed at the moment. Okay. Like this, what I've explained so far is kind of the core thing the show will be built around and the format's being developed. But we're picturing we would bring people from the city or people who are maybe living a little outside the city but not too rural to the area to film on and off for a couple of days at select points. And, you know, we'll just set up a couple of fun dating scenarios and see where you go from there. So it should all feel as natural as possible. Yeah, and that gives people time to get to know each other as well. Exactly, yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to be one of those scenarios where we're going to be stopping people from interacting when the cameras aren't there. We want the relationship to develop and grow naturally. And a lot of that's it, it being in your comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And, by, and, and I did mention this earlier. Somebody wants to know, is it Ireland's version of Love Island? I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love Ireland. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. Like, we don't have a name announced for it just yet. We're okay. keeping that very tightly under under wraps. But, like, we've seen really big success with similar sort of dating shows in other countries, like Farmer Wants a Wife and things like that. And, I mean, if you're going to go rural dating, is there a better country than Ireland? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, probably uh, the best place to look for it. But as you say, this, you're not you're not limiting it to just farmers. Anyone that lives and works in rural in rural Ireland. Absolutely, yeah, it's such a big part of our culture. Like, so it would be a shame to like miss out on people because maybe they're a vet or just living in the countryside. 
Come here, are you a fan of Love Island? Um, I haven't been following it too much this year. Do you know, I say every year, I um, I never watch it, but I always know what's going on just from looking at Instagram and Twitter every day. And then I'm, I'm totally invested by the end without ever watching an episode. Yeah, I think we're the same here at work. It's like the water cooler moment every mo- every morning when we come in. <laughs> the first thing that's discussed and then everybody will go to their various workstations. But the first thing, well, Love Island last night. And like that, people who probably weren't even interested in watching it are t- suddenly get into it because ev- everybody is uh, talking about it. And I yeah. mentioned in the introduction, you are, of course, um, one of the, 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 the creators of Gogglebox Ireland. Is Gogglebox that's Ireland right. coming back? Uh, it sure is. Is it? I don't have solid details on it for you yet, but I'll be very keen to call you back, Patricia, when I know for sure because oh. we will be looking for applicants for that. Oh, please do. I'm a huge, huge fan of Gogglebox um, Ireland. You've nailed it with with all the families. And, oh, uh, thank you so much. Yeah. It's... Oh, also, I have to, just in case I forget, if anyone wants to get in touch about this particular dating show we're working on, uh, you can email us. So it's countrylove at kiteentertainment.com that email again is countrylove at kiteentertainment.com or if you'd rather just give us a bell on the phone and find out some more information you can phone us it's 087 Sorry, just in case I forget. It's okay. I was going to have it marked here in front of me. I was going to get it. And and as always, uh, we'll keep all of those details on file. If anyone hasn't picked it up at the moment or it's something that you can end up discussing later on in the evening, you can contact us. But but I have to stress, this isn't Love Island, Ireland. (laughs) Uh, just, just to be really, really clear, it's going to be, it's going to be something a bit different. OK, OK. So Gogglebox is coming back to us. That's good news. And actually, I was recently uh, doing an event with uh, Donico Callahan. You're also responsible for Ireland's Fish's family. That's right. Yeah. So Kite Entertainment's been around for, uh, I think, a bit over 15 years in Ireland. Now, I'm freelancer, so I'm working with them recently enough. But yeah, they've been churning out like absolutely amazing Irish TV for <clears throat> over a decade at this stage. So we're hoping this show is going to be the next big thing. Yeah, I think it will. And of course, on Ireland's Fishes family, it's uh, all down to the success of the amount of Cork coaches that you have on that particular uh, show. Listen, I think it sounds like a hoot. I'm looking forward to it already. And hopefully you'll get a huge response from the good people of Cork, both rural and uh, urban. But listen, it was a real pleasure uh, talking to you, Connor. Thank you for that and good luck with it. Thank you so much, Patricia. I really appreciate that. Thanks a million. Bye bye. Connor O'Donovan there of Kite Entertainment. Country love at kite, K I T E, kiteentertainment.com. If you want to e- email them, or 087-182-7204, and we will keep those uh, details on file. Our number is 0818-103-103. John Paul taking your calls. We'll have Peter Dowdell coming up next on the programme, answering all of your gardening questions. If you have a question for Peter, get it into us now, please. You can text or WhatsApp your questions to 0862. 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Peter Dowd on the IrishGardener.com uh, joining me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Now, we had wonderful, wonderful weather and the rain is back. And, and But I suppose the gardens need it, do they? 
man. I don't know about the gardens, but you know, when I'm looking at the pictures of London, I'm very glad to see the rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honest, yeah. I'd rather this climate any day of the week. Um, and yeah, the gardens do need it. Now, the gardens can tolerate um, what we've gone through, no problem. Uh, if it was for any length of time, they'd be under pressure, but it wasn't really. So they'd be fine. The only thing you'd be very conscious of is any new plants, Trish. So anything, what I mean by new is anything that was planted in the last 12 months, you'll need to be paying very close to eye to watering right now. Yeah, because even though we're getting we're getting some rain, but not a lot. No, we're not we're not getting a lot at all. Uh, now that may change. I think there's a couple of days coming where we might get some, but who knows? But uh, but as I say, mature plants, mature stuff in the garden, and even your lawn, which may look very brown and very under under stress, that'll be fine. But any any new plants is what you'd want to be careful of. Okay, water, water, water. Susan says uh, for Peter, any chance that Peter could identify this plant? And Susan sent on a picture in time that I was able to get it on uh, to Peter. It has grown up under where I was feeding birds seeds I've left it to see what will develop can you work out what it is do you know I can't I just saw the picture there a couple of minutes ago and I had a look at it I'm, I'm not 100% sure I'm, I'm of what it is from the photograph uh, I suspect it definitely is some kind of a wildflower that came out of the seed mix it might be one of the figworts so if maybe have a, have a, if Susan Googles figwort uh, she'll see it it's similar they grow quite tall quite quickly uh, it might be one of them that, that, that's I'm not 100% sure that it is though but uh, but have a look and maybe send us in a few other pictures of it maybe close-ups of the little flowers or anything like that and I'll see if I can help more But that and we have heard of that happening before haven't we with other people oh, on the field yeah. yeah. Absolutely it does, and it does happen where you get little seedlings from the bird seed mix and I was actually interesting I've just come from a, a client's garden there this morning and he, he has some, which I've never seen before, he has some wild sunflowers growing. So he planted some sunflower seeds himself, yeah. but in, in a different part of the garden where they m- removed a mature hedge late last autumn and the soil all got turned. You now have, uh, it must be 10 or 12, and really big, strong plants of, of, of sunflowers. And he didn't plant any seed there. There was no bird seed or there, nothing like that. Must have been seed that was in the soil that was still viable. I hadn't seen it before. Oh, incredible. Fascinating, yeah. That is incredible. Hi, could you ask Peter what is wrong with my monkey puzzle tree? It's oozing white sap from the base. Oh, it, it could be bad news, unfortunately. I don't want to jump straight to that. But with monkey puzzles, they tend to be problem, or they tend to be problem-free except when there's a serious problem. So, uh, and there, there is a fungal infection which kind of hollows out the stem of the, the trunk of the, of the monkey puzzle. Now, I don't want to alarm the, the, the caller that it may not be this, but uh, the only thing I would advise in this is I'm not going to even attempt to give uh, advice over the phone, is to get a, a qualified tree surgeon or arborist up to have a look at it and, and to see if they can give you proper advice on it. Because particularly if it's a mature monkey puzzle, uh, you want you you know it's precious and you'd, you'd want to get the correct advice. So I would yeah, get on. Yeah, and actually they've sent on a picture. It really is oozing this horrible looking stuff from the well, base. Uh, if you send me on that picture, I will have a look at it. Yeah. and I'll come back to you next week. Okay, no problem. I'll, I will send it on uh, after we've finished the uh, slot. Hi, uh, Peter. My son has gone mad into gardening. I love these kind of questions. But how did one carrot come out white? Says Jar in Coachford. The others are orange. Just this one. One white carrot. I don't know is the short answer. And it's a fine <laughs> big know. carrot. It is the size of a human. It's because it, some they've put it down in a picture with a big with a, with a, it, ad, it looks like an adult hand beside it. It's a fine big carrot. I don't know is the short answer. That's a new one on me. 
Uh, it's probably as edible as, I, as the I, orange ones, I, isn't it? Oh, I would say more, most likely. It's just obviously it's lacking in carotene, which is what gives it the orange okay. colour. Now, there are varieties which give different shades. But uh, but I will. I'll ask around, actually, on that one to see if anybody else has, has encountered that or what might be the cause. And I well done. just an aberration. And keep this, tell the sun, keep up the gardening. It's a, it's a great thing for, for children to get involved in, isn't it, at a young age? Oh, absolutely. I, I developed my love of it when I was about three or four now. Look most, at you. Most, most people grow out of it. I went the other way. Well done. Well done. Mary in uh, Colin, could you ask Peter, please, when is the correct month to cut back geraniums? The, well, your geraniums, which I, I'm guessing that she's talking about the, the kind of what we call the bedding geraniums, so your your pelargoniums, actually, that, that are being flowered now and through the summer. So they would, they would be what we term frost tender, Trish. Trish. So they'd have to come in uh, during the winter months and really, it's before they come back into growth next spring that I would cut them back. So maybe the kind of mid, early to mid next March is when I'd cut them back. Now, there's no harm at all if you want, when you're deadheading them at the moment during the summer months, if you want to cut them back a bit, you can absolutely do that. But, uh, but normally I would give them their proper haircut, if you like, in kind of middle of March. Margaret says, we've got a miniature apple tree. It's got 20 apples on it, but they all appear to be very crowded together. Should we pick some of them to give them more room to grow? You know, it might be no harm at all if you thin out the fruit like that, because what can often happen is if it is congested and if there's a few a few fruits coming from the one fruiting spur that they can all fail to develop properly. So if you remove, let's say, uh, up to half of them, then you're, you're allowing more space and more, more of the energy of the plant to go into making bigger fruit. So it will be no harm, yeah. I have two apple trees, says another listener. They have a white, furry, sticky coating on some of the branches. What is the cause of it and how do I treat it? And they're full of apples and they don't seem to be affecting the fruit in any way. That's most likely, now without seeing it, I'm guessing, but it's most likely a thing called woolly aphid, which is, you know, a very descriptive name. It's the larvae of a particular aphid, which gives this kind of woolly, kind of nearly cotton wool-like look on, on the stems. Uh, but the best way to approach it is if it's not a heavy infestation, if it's just on a couple of branches well, and, and the growing tips, if it's, if it's practical to just literally take a secateurs and remove those infected ones without... without taking away the whole tree, if you know what I mean, then that is what I would do. However, if it's more widespread, uh, I would go at it just, I, I'd go at it by hand with a very soft brush and some soapy water and just literally just physically remove it. It's, it's, it'll take a bit of time, but it's, it's, an, it's instant, obviously. You're not waiting for anything to work and you're, you can't put any chemicals on it, obviously, because it's, it's uh, something that you're going to be eating. Um, uh, so, yes, yeah, so just go at it with warm, soapy water and a soft brush and off you go. Ita in Mallow has a yellow rose. It's about five years old. It's flowered every year, but this year no flowers, only the leaves. It looks fine and healthy. It just hasn't got any buds on it this year. What's gone wrong? I would say, I wouldn't throw my hat at it yet anyway. So number one, it might be a bit early, though. I mean, roses are in full bloom at the moment, but a lot of them. But um, uh, I would say, it doesn't say if it's growing in a pot or in the ground, but it, it, even either are, I would think it's it's just lacking in potassium and phosphorus and the nutrients to make it flower. Okay, now roses, and I said we've said this before, Trish, we've talked about it before. They can be very hungry plants. So, um, you know, a lot of plants as they mature, they don't really need any feeding to do well. They get everything from the soil. But roses can be a bit different, and quite simply, the more you feed them, the better they're going to do. And I would feed them with a good quality rose food because not all rose foods are equal if you like Goulding's which is an Irish brand do a very good liquid one a liquid rose feed which I find very good but get yourself any good quality rose feed 
uh, put it on the, the rose now on the root, the root area, not the foliage. Uh, whichever one you use, just follow the directions, whether you repeat it fortnightly or monthly, uh, and, and do it a few times this season. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't throw my hat at it. You may still get blooms this year. Yeah, and the fact that the leaves are all perfect and, and whatever, it's just it certainly is lacking in something. Hi, uh, Peter. I have a pest in my garden. It is like a caterpillar, uh, but it's not. He's brown, fluffy and yellow spots on its back. They have destroyed an old shrub of mine by eating all the leaves off same and have left the shrub bare. The shrub is beside an old wall and it seems like something laid eggs and then these caterpillar type creatures emerged from it. Any advice would be much appreciated from a Limerick listener. Well, for the Limerick listener, unfortunately, any any advice I give is probably too late now for this year because the, the caterpillars are the caterpillar type thing has has done its damage for this year and moved on. So, I, I would say the good news is that it, they have moved on and they they go on now to become butterflies or moths or whatever it was. Um, but for next year, I would look at you know you need to look at maybe protecting it. So I would look at and again this is something we've often mentioned, which a garlic wash where you you mix mix uh, garlic with water. And again, in fact, I have I put it up on my Facebook page there just this week. Um, how to make a garlic wash? It's 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 on in a video. It's it's one I did with Dahi. Um, I think it's one of the most recent videos on the Irish Gardener, my own Facebook page, and you'll see exactly how to do it, or even Google how to how to make a garlic wash for plants. And what that will do, Trish, is it it will um, it it will deter. It will make the plant that you drench totally unpalatable to a wide range of insects, including these caterpillars and maggots. So that's what I would use. Another thing you could try, and I find this very effective as well. Uh, is and in fact I wrote an article about this recently in the Examiner, so you'll find that online too about nasturtiums. So nasturtiums are these annual plants, which I'm sure you know, and they grow in mm-hmm. lovely orange, red, and yellow flowers. But they're a fantastic companion plant. So they're a brilliant plant to have in the garden for many reasons. But the, one of them being that if you use it as a, a control plant, if you like, it's very often used next to brassicas, uh, like cabbages and things like that, where the the, the nasturtium will attract the caterpillars more than the others. So it keeps your crops safe, but the nasturtiums, of course, will, will sacrifice themselves for it. Uh, so you could try using planting some nasturtiums to draw. They, they might find the nasturtium more attractive and more tasty than, than the shrub that they ate. Uh, so I would try one of those two plants for next year. But I would say for this year, it, they've probably moved on by now anyway, and the damage is done. Mary in Ballyduff uh, says her window boxes, they appear to be all leaves with very little flowers. Should she cut off some of the leaves? Would that encourage growth of the flowers? Well, it might be no harm to remove a few leaves. Yes, certainly. I don't know what plant she's using in there now, but but it would be no harm to, to remove some of the leaves to let more sunshine in there. But also, and this is probably even more important, uh, feed them heavily at the moment. Again, it's, you're in artificial conditions. In other words, they're not in there, the, the, the ground. You're, you want an instant display. So you really need to promote the flowers, and you'll do that by using a tomato food. So a good quality tomato food, like the Nature Safe one, which is another Irish one, um, that's a very good quality tomato food that'll help to promote flowers. So I would get something like that on them straight away. Okay, and when you were talking watering, uh, Liz was on to say she has what she describes as palm trees uh, set in her garden about four years ago. Does she still have to worry about watering them now that they're four years in the ground? 
I would say no is the short answer. No, it's something four years. But of course, with the extreme temperatures that we're all seeing, you know, thankfully we haven't really experienced them here yet, and hopefully we won't. But if if it gets much hotter, you'd have to pay attention to it. But I suppose if it gets hotter, we'll probably have hose pipe bands anyway. But um, but no, a plant that's been in the ground four years, you would that's say it's established. safe enough. Yeah, but, that's but, but established. But keep an eye on it at the same time. Okay, Ger is in the city. Says hi, Peter. How do you get rid of black leaf spot on Mahonia fuchsia and some other shrubs? When you have a black leaf spot, now that it 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 may be the same fungal infection, but it's more likely host-specific leaf spot. So you have Mahonia leaf spot, Fuchsia leaf spot, but they're all fungal infections. So the kind of advice is the same for all of them, uh, and that is in the first instance you remove the uh, as much infected growth as possible. So prune off as much of the the leaves that have that spot on it leaving clean leaves behind you uh, and again don't leave the leaves at the base of the plant because it'll just get back into the soil um, I wouldn't even put them in the compost bin I'd, I'd get rid of them off site um, then you treat the infection once you've removed physically as much as you can then you treat it uh, and what I always use is the, the copper sulphate which is, so, so mix the copper sulphate with water uh, and then apply the solution drench it around the root system of all those different plants and then finally like ourselves you, you give the plant a tonic to, to build it up again and hopefully make it more resistant uh, to, to, to getting these infections in the first place so again a good liquid seaweed feed uh, or good quality plant food should help Okay have you a busy week coming up? Very, very busy. That time of the year, isn't it? And of course, everyone's thinking gardening at the moment. I suppose, thank God. But uh, just a quick shout out, if I may, again, Trish. I know I mentioned it last week. John Terry. Um, I, I might, might have made a mistake there. I thought it was last weekend, but it's actually this weekend, the twenty fourth of this month. John, John Terry, and Hilary Nason are opening there fantastic garden down in Cloyne in East Cork for the hospice again for Marymount. It's the last open garden for the hospice for Marymount in their garden trail. Do make an effort to go and see it. You'll thank yourself because it's a fabulous, fabulous garden. Uh, and of course, what a brilliant all, way to support the hospice. And all native hospice. Listen, uh, have a great week and we'll talk to you next uh, Wednesday, Peter. Thank you for that. Thanks, Trish. That's uh, Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com. Thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Mark Malone is in for Nick Richards right across this week. So he's up next. Talk to you tomorrow at 10. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.